And you know how to say Psalms in Hebrew, right? Like the the word Psalms. I think I heard you say it on one of your talks. Um, Mismor. Okay. Mismor is, is, is the word for Psalm in, in Hebrew. Yeah, I just, I remember watching one of your talks and I was like, wow, okay, he's just dropping Hebrew yeah, words the out Sefer, there. The Sefer Telechim is the, the book of sung praises. That, that's, the, that's the name, the Jewish name for the Psalms themselves. Awesome. But the word Psalm is Mismor. When he does that, I missed more than I got. (laughs) That's right. Welcome back to the Beatitudes bonus edition on Friday here. The Beatitudes is a podcast for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness and in their walk with each other and humor and holiness. And uh, we'd like to say we take the faith seriously, but not ourselves. Amen. And uh, my name is Paul Kolker. I'm joined, as always, by my bro hosts, Jeff Sheffrelbein. Howdy, Paul. And Nick Besner. What's going on? And we're back with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, who just, if you missed Monday's episode, go back. Make sure to watch that because, I mean, you you will learn a lot in a very short period of time. It is a wonderful, wonderful episode. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, because you talked about how you met your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you met her the first time you were in a dorm and like in passing, you didn't expect to run into her. You were in a towel. So, so in the wedding, did your groomsmen wear cummerbunds made of towels? (laughs) (laughs) No, they did not. (laughs) All right. Just, just curious. Well, to keep the, to keep funny going for just a little bit here, cause we're going to dive into some serious stuff in a little bit. We're going to hit it hard today. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a tough one, but, um, we're going to play a game. It's called blessed are the joke makers and they will inherit the points. That's 101 right. points because that was like a 101 on Monday's episode. We just wow, got school. Like yeah. <laughs> How do we play this game, Paul? All right. So the way this works, um, this is the bonus edition. We're each going to get a character card, and we have to try to get you to guess who we are trying to be while answering the Catholic card game prompt. So we all get the same prompt, but we have okay. a different persona, and we got to try to lead you kind of down the rabbit trail to figure out who we are. And they're generic. It's not. And three different. Yeah, people. three okay, different okay, got char- character personas okay, rather yeah. than specific people. Yeah, it's not going to be like President Reagan. It's going to be a U.S. president. Oh, I see. Okay. Something like that. Okay. All Good right. example, because that's what I have is Ronald Reagan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the uh, the prompt that we all have is things Jesus never spoke about. Yeah, Daddy, Jesus never spoke about all the gifts that I'm going to be getting for Christmas this year, but I did hear Santa Claus talk about it, and it seems like Jesus and Santa are very connected, so I need a hoverboard, I need an Xbox. Daddy, I also don't understand why I have to wait till Christmas to get roller skates. Daddy, hold on a second. I need candy, ice cream, popcorn, everything, and then I need you to buy these four movies so I can binge watch. Daddy, get me this now, because Jesus never talked about all the stuff I was supposed to get. He talked about things like the beatitude dudes <laughs> what do you think i'm uh, i'm not a, that good at this game a child right a child <laughs> a child that's also he's a he, there's something about this child he's very uh a child that's needy <laughs> greedy spoiled, spoiled, spoiled rotten spoiled, yeah. yeah there you go i did yeah. okay yeah, yeah that's pretty good yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great spoiled rotten and jesus <laughs> <laughs> tough combo yes new band name i call it spoiled rotten and jesus <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, you um, could have been a teenager, too, because so many young adults are so entitled today. Yeah, <laughs> they're spoiled, rotten kids. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, Jesus talked about, like, picking up his cross and following me, but, like, did he talk about how to do, like, a proper military press, you know? Because, I mean, I just, 
I don't know if you understand the the like benefits of the stabilization <laughs> muscles that you get, or like he didn't talk about how to like use the nickel formation on the field to like score a touchdown and make the game winning play. I mean. You know, there's just so many things that I don't think he talked about. He missed about. a lot of stuff, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so you're a jock. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb blonde slash jock. <laughs> I went with the jock you side. Jock. Yeah. <laughs> you chose wisely. <laughs> you chose wisely. You know, Jesus talked a lot about a lot of things, but a few things he left out. His hair as a man bun. So cool, tight. You wouldn't never see that. You never talked about turmeric coffee, <laughs> things that you probably haven't heard of, bands you definitely haven't heard of that I'm really, really into. I was first, you know? I just, being vegan <laughs> is so cool, and I have to talk about it. Uh, you're Oregonian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! You live in Oregon. The no, coolest no, hipster. No, yeah. <laughs> hipster, yeah, hipster, yeah. Self-righteous yeah, Oregonian. I was like, man, it sounds like home here. <laughs> <laughs> Deacon, you're awarding 101 <laughs> points in school today in class. Who gets the points for today? Who gets the points for Out today the three for of their us. persona? Yeah. Uh, I like the jock one, actually. All right. Nice job. Nice Thank job. you. By the way, he, he's also a professional comedian, so just... <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I perform on the weekends. Oh, <laughs> wow. How about that? Yeah, it's fun. Oh, that's cool. It's a good time. We're playing that's with a awesome. handicap here. We're just business consultants. <laughs> With good senses of humor. I don't yeah. get to use my spreadsheet during that activity, that's, so that's, that's tough. Yeah, so you, Paul, you said we were going to start off with the funny, and then we were going to bring it hard. We stuck you in the middle of three very white guys to talk about the Catholic response <laughs> to racism. <laughs> Where yeah. do we go from here, yeah. Deacon? How, yeah. do we, how do we pursue this? Yeah, so um, well, I guess this started, why did I write the book? So, um, The name of the book again? Uh, Building a Civilization of Love. A Catholic Response to Racism. Got it. Mm. So uh, I wrote the book. I mean, I've been thinking about these issues for a long time uh, anyway, especially as a black Catholic growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in. My neighborhood was black, but um, I had to go to the other side of town to go to church because that's where the Catholics were, you yeah. know? So, um, uh, and and I didn't experience a ton of racism growing up because uh, even though the most of the monks in the monastery were, were white. I mean, they, they ran a school with 70% kids that were black and mm -hmm. a lot of Hispanics. I mean, just very culturally rich, diverse. Boy Scouts, you know, we had black and white. I mean, we all got sure. along. It was great. Um, and, and But during the pandemic, you know, um, there were a lot of things going on there, um, you know, the, the police brutality stuff. And, and um, you know, and, and I saw how it was really polarizing mm. the nation. You know, and people's responses were like, we need to do this, you know, government things do this, it needs to be um, reparations, there need to be this, and the, the defund the police. I was like, whoa, hold on, what, <laughs> what's going on here? And, 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 and it's just polemics and triumphalism and, and people um, uh, throwing ideas back and forth, but no solutions. There's no voice. And then I realized back in the 60s, Martin Luther King, 56, Martin Luther King was the voice. That, that brought people together. You know, he didn't polarize people. He actually brought people together um, because it was his voice. And, and I went back and, and studied his writings, and I was like, man, this guy's spot on. Why? Because it was based in biblical values, mm. you know? And, and it was those values, although it wasn't necessarily, in, a, in many cases, overt, but he underpinned biblical values in everything that he did in his approach to ameliorating the, 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 race, the racism situation. 
And so with there's no one like that now. So what's happening without that voice to kind of to, to, to bring people together around a common issue to find solutions. So, you know, what he did, he transcended black, white, race, color, all of that because the message was so powerful. There's a there's a void today. Uh, no voices like that. So what's happening, you have people with agendas or you have organizations or individuals that are shouting race, 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 but really uh, they have an agenda which has nothing to do with race at all. Mm, sure. And, and so I, I saw that. I was like, mm, like no, nah, we need to. Using it as a vehicle. Right. Yeah. Using okay. that, using race as a vehicle to push another agenda. Mm. So I said, no, nah, we, we need to go back to the basics here. I said, the, the, the solution to racism is Jesus Christ. So I said, how can we respond as Catholics to this issue of racism? So, so I do three things in the book. First of all, I talk about the difference between racism and prejudice. Because what's happening, mm. all these terms have become conflated. Sure. And, and everything's, that's racist, that's racist. That, well, it's not, well, hold on. It, we have to distinguish racism and prejudice. So here's, here's basically what I do in the book. So prejudice is making a preconceived notion about someone, not based on any subjective knowledge or objective experience, Right. Um, and racism is prejudice, as I just defined it, with the added piece, the reason why I'm saying this and why I believe this, because I believe my race is superior to your race. That's racism. So let me give you an example, mm. um, the one I use in the book. So <laughs> I was at a parish mission once, and someone said, came up to me, oh, you went to Notre Dame. What position did you play? <laughs> right? So everybody would hear, that's racist, that's racist. No. It's prejudice. It's not racist. It's prejudice. Why? Mm. He looked at me, saw my size, and just, oh, big guy plus Notre Dame equals football. That was the calculus in his head, right? Uh, but, but I've never played football in my life, you know? Um, so he made a piece. He said that was prejudice. If it was racist, he would have to have meant when he said it, the reason why I just said that to you is because I believe that people of color cannot get into a, an academic institution of that caliber without being an athlete. They're not smart enough. That's why I said, but he didn't, that that's not him. what he meant. Yeah. He just said, oh, you must have played football. Look, you know, he just made a preconceived judgment. That's, and that was stupid, but, but, it, was, <laughs> but it was prejudice statement, not a racist statement. Yeah. So I make those distinctions. I make a distinction between institutional racism and people in institutions who are racist. Yeah. The Catholic Church is racist. It's impossible for the Catholic Church to be racist because it's founded by Jesus Christ. <laughs> it can't be racist. But there are people in the church who are racist. So, so you have to make those distinctions. You know, to, to break, okay, let's look at this and, so, and, and to really address it, but you have to make distinctions uh, and, and use words correctly. Sure. Then I talk about the history of, of racism, uh, of slavery in the United States, where I go into the biblical, because people say, Paul, the, the Bible endorses slavery. Look at St. Paul. Slaves be obedient. Hold on. There's six different types of slavery in the Bible. Which one is Paul talking about? He cannot be possibly talking about chattel slavery. Because God says over and over again, you will not enslave anyone because you were once slaves in Egypt yourselves. So he can't be talking about chattel slavery. Well, what about because indentured servitude was called slavery. Mm -hmm. um, if you uh, committed a crime and you know how to have the guys out there picking up garbage at the side of the highway, that was called slavery. Mm. You know, if your family was poor and you had another child, you couldn't afford to, I mean, you, your kid's going to starve because you can't afford to feed them. You would give that child to another family to, to, to work, 
And then that was called slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember, see, awesome. th- it's only for seven years. Only for seven years, because every seven years of Jubilee year, they released mm-hmm. all the slaves. Yep. And those slaves, quote unquote slaves, had rights, you know, and they be- after seven years, they could become members of that family. So, the, so mm. all these things, I mean, we don't make those distinctions. Then I talk about the history of uh, racism in the church in the United States, which you know, is good and bad. Sure. So there were religious, religious orders and bishops who clearly um, had slaves, even though, and I show this in the book, pope after pope after pope says slavery was evil, it's the devil, you're excommunicated. The bishop said, well, that doesn't apply to us. That's Europe. Mm. They, they don't understand the situation here in the United States, and that was yeah. their excuse for continuing slavery, endorsing it in the church. That's the first part of the book. Then the second part of the book, I look at three ideologies that people are trying to bring into the discussion of race in the Catholic Church that don't belong there. So one of them is critical race theory, the Black Lives Matter movement, and liberation theology. Mm. Now, that's where I'm going to get beat up most of all sure. uh, in this discussion, that middle. Now, I didn't want to give... Uh, a lot of credibility to all three of those things. But so I said, I'm just going to include them all in one chapter. That was my intention. But so I said, let me study the one first that I don't know a lot about, which is critical race theory. I mean, I didn't want to write about what this person said. And that person said, I want to read the people themselves. I said, you know what? I I went objectively. Maybe there's something here. All these people saying all this negative stuff, but you know what? Maybe there's something here that we can use as Catholics to bring in a discussion that will help close the racial divide. So I'm going to with an open mind. So I, I, I bought the books, Derek Bell, Richard Delgado, Janice Stefanik, Kim Lee Crenshaw, the founders of, of Critical Race Theory, and I read what they had to say. And I'm reading, I'm like, ooh, that's not good. From like, again, I'm looking at it through the lens of Catholicism and race. Sure. I, it, it might be good for psychology or sociology, some other discipline, but I'm again, I'm, I'm and I say this in the introduction to the book, I'm looking at it through the lens of can this help us close the racial divide? The answer for all three are absolutely not mm. because of what they say themselves. So I, I use primary sources here. I, I, I'm not. And so when I, when, I, when I say when I get criticized, because I will be, I say, show me where I'm wrong. Yeah. Here's what they say. Here's their own way. Here's the quotes from their books. Show me where I'm wrong. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. We talk about uh, uh, destroying the nuclear family. Show me where I'm, this is their own word. Show me where I'm wrong. Mm. They won't be able to. See, that's the problem because I actually have facts there and, and, and use their own words. Well, you're not fighting in the headlines. You're going back to the academic approach of understanding where somebody was trying to come from in the yeah. entire yeah, coming basis. And, 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 first and, principles. And, 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 and I do admit in the book that, yes, when the Black Lives Matter stuff came out, I was like, no, we shouldn't have anything to do with them. But when I started reading Bishop uh, Braxton, who was the former Bishop of Belleville, he writes a lot about race. He actually sat down and had conversations with them. And he came to the same conclusion I did, but at least he was, I said, wait a minute, you know yeah. what? Jesus would have done that. Sat yeah. down with people he disagreed with, at least try to come. I said, we should be doing that. Instead the, of just writing them off, okay, we can't, we, we're not at a place right now, but at least let's keep the door open. I admitted that. I said I was wrong and that we should at least keep the door open to having further discussion with people we disagree with. Then the last part of the book is the actual Catholic response to race. Like, what can we actually do as Catholics? And I take the parish-based approach. Is this the part where you say, we just go straight to the end of the show and people have to go buy the book? Well, no. <laughs> There's but, the hook. But I, but I lay out a plan, a systematic plan, for how parishes can really enter into this issue yeah. and, and really um, help to bring people together, to really enter into someone's experience and to really say, okay, as Catholics, here's how we respond to this. And, and I, I think it... 
starts with the parish and it goes out into the wider community, you know, so. Yeah, so it's really, and, and it's the way you approached writing your book in the first place, is that it's that that true charity, that true agape of, of I am going to become incarnate in this situation and, and encounter the people where they are and find out by, by being right there with them. Yes, exactly. That's beautiful, yeah. Another dumb question. Am I saying it wrong when I say agape? I think, can you technically say it either way? You know, like Hebrew yeah, words and yeah, stuff. So, <laughs> and yeah, so, and, so, yeah, so agape. So, um, you know, there's four different types of, of love that's talked about um, in, in New Testament. The storge, which is um, uh, a familial love, like family members. Um, there's uh, philia, which is friendship love, right? So Philadelphia, the city mm-hmm. of brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Um, you have eros, which is an uh, erotic, sensual, physical type of love. And then agape which is a self-giving, self-sacrificing love. Um, uh, Kenosis, that that breaking open and pouring yourself out, which is Christ crucified on the cross. You know, it's that self-giving, self-sacrificing. So when you translate that... Which is hesed in Hebrew. Sure. If you translate that to text and it is agape. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm right. (laughs) So so in the the Old Testament, that word is hesed. So um, so Psalm 36, you know, for his great love is without end. That's what it says in, the, in the, our translation of the Psalms. But in the Hebrew, it says for his great mercy is without end. Mm. So mercy and love are the same word. Beautiful. Has said in, in Hebrew. And you Merc- know, actually merciful love will actually be a better love. translation. Yeah. Got it. And you know how to say Psalms in Hebrew, right? Like the, the word Psalms. I think I heard you say it on one of your talks. Um, Mismore. Okay. Is, is, is the word for Psalm in, in Hebrew. Yeah, I just, I remember watching one of your talks and I was like, wow, okay, he's just dropping Hebrew yeah, words the out Sefer, there. The Sefer Telechim is the, the book of sung praises. That, that's, the, that's the name, the Jewish name for the Psalms themselves. Awesome. But the word Psalm is Mismor. When he which does means, that, I missed more than I got. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I thought this dude was a comedian, man. Look at you. I told you. You've been yeah. studying, have you been studying comedy? As a, hey, as he's an improv comedian who actually also knows how to kind of set up the tea for somebody. So he's really uh, good at kind go. of the ensemble approach. So uh, I'm there you go. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, the word is psalm. And then Sefer Telahim is the book of sung praises, which is what the Psalter itself is called. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, to do Latin coming out in season three. This is just season two, so we got to build up to it. Uh, Hebrew, Latin, we're going to be translated to everything. Deacon, how do people find the book? Um, they can go to Ignatius Press's uh, website. Okay. Um, they can go to my website, or you can go to Amazon and, and all those folks. Let's go to one of the first two. But don't go to Amazon. Yeah. Go to first yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or Catholic bookstore. Yes. You know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we we gotta support our Catholic support bookstores. Your local you know? Bookstores. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I do when I go because I'm a bookaholic. I have like four thousand books on theology and philosophy. In my like seriously, I believe like, it. Yeah. If you ever see some of my podcasts, all oh, those books, I'm like, you, you're not even looking at half of them, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's not even half. That's Hired, just what the camera can see behind you me. You hired somebody for the um, Dewey Decimal System in your own house. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to because my wife said no more books. <laughs> oh no. So put them oh, more. No. I mean, she's, you walk, it's like there's books all. I'm like, yeah, you can you know. pray and wait her out. After a year, you'll break her. That's like, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one was I, it used to be in our uh, the office was in our uh, in our bedroom. Yeah, and then it started. She goes, no, 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 you gotta mm-hmm. get. So then we, I took over one of the uh, when when my mom died. She lived. We we have a mother in law suite in our house. So then when my mom died, the two older girls moved into that side of the house. So that freedom of bedroom. So I moved everything in there. And now it's there the, that's just my wife. Said, I need a room to do my sewing and my other stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, <laughs> I got to get out of the house. Take now the and library. Find place. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I do, I was thinking about that. If I do move out, I do have to find like a 
uh, like a, a ranch style house, or something like have that be my office and put a library. And yeah. I've got, I've literally have, I'm not exaggerating, like ten big bins full of stuff, gifts that I received from around the world. Sure. Mm, I have sure. nowhere to put that stuff. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I'm have to get like a little museum or something. So, so I, I mean, th that's in the future, obviously. But that's what I would do is get a nice office somewhere and set everything up. And well, the socks yeah. we gave you on the last show, you can put on your feet. Yeah, don't see, worry the about socks gonna be part of. There you go. The sticker we gave you, you can put on your dashboard. Um, All right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. You could have Look our ugly that. mugs on there for the Beatitudes. Yeah. Hey, Deacon, awesome. just kind of uh, shooting from the hip here. I know you're getting ready to go to a great ceremony uh, to honor the work that you've done out in the world over at the University of Dallas. But perhaps would you mind, as we think about this Catholic response to racism, just leading us out in a final blessing prayer over uh, this this talk, this concept, and anybody who's listening that maybe their heart is either softened or opened or ready to, di to dialogue in the way that we've talked about. Yeah, yeah. So, so let me let me just say this so we can end with, with prayer. Sure. Um, you know, I uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is the the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, because if you actually if you look at that road, if you go to the Holy Land, you, you can you, the guy took us to that road. You can see, oh man, I can see how people get mugged down there. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, going going the, the road to Jericho. And so, you know, the, the Jewish guy gets mugged, and then the priest walks by, the Levite, who's a deacon, walks by, ignores him. But the Samaritan, who he's supposed to hate, is the one who takes pity on the guy, puts him on his animal, takes care of his wounds, leaves him at the hotel, says, hey, if this doesn't cover it, I'll get you on the way back. You know, um, and, and, and but our initial reaction was like, oh, of course I would have done that. If that was me, I would have been the Samaritan, Really? What if the guy's the side of the road who raped you when you were in college? What if that guy the side of the road was a guy who drove drunk and killed your, your parents? Mm. What if that guy's the side? Uh -huh, no, not so easy now, right? But Christ calls us, said that we must love our, our enemies and pray for them, right? So, so the, what's the lesson for us? We have to be the Samaritans. When it comes to this issue of race, we have to be the Samaritans. So, and with that, let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, our God, you, in the book of Genesis, you said we are made in your image and likeness. Lord, we ask you to help all of us see the, your image and likeness in the person standing in front of us. Lord, this culture is trying to define us in so many different ways. They're, they're saying that, you know, who we have a physical relationship with defines us. My, my culture, my race defines who I am. No, Lord. It is you who define who we are. Uh, we are sons and daughters of the living God, brothers of Jesus Christ. That defines who we are. Um, so, Lord, let us always stay focused on making you the heart, the soul, the center of our being existence. The, the hub, uh, uh, the spokes of our lives go out from the hub with you as the center. And everything we do, every decision we make is rooted in your love and your will for our lives. And let us in, in the Beatitudes and everyone listening, continue to be witnesses of your love to the world so that people may see the good that we do and give glory to you, almighty God. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Deacon. Once again, look forward to seeing you out there being that voice to help give us the Catholic response to racism. We appreciate you being a part of the Beatitudes now and forever. And for the rest of you, we will. See you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at 
That's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.